talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie. Welcome, everybody, to the KIRP Radio Show. You know what time it is, baby. 619-638-8559 is the number on this beautiful Sunday. Last Sunday of June, uh, June 30th, 
last day of the month, and uh, July is right around the corner. So shout out to everybody out there who are rocking with your boy on this, what I like to call this BET Sunday. <laughs> we have ordained uh, the last Sunday of June to being the BET Awards Sunday. But uh, that's not what we do on this side, man. This this show is uh, dedicated to the folks who care about things other than who's going to win what award and who's wearing what in, in their wardrobe, you know, who who they're wearing or what are they wearing. And, you know, shout out to everybody out there too, man, all the entertainers. I mean, you know, I got love for the entertainers. You know, I get it. You know, we like to spend some time on uh, entertainment news or you know, the, the entertainment.coms and the blogs and the TMZs and all that. So I'm pretty sure all those outlets are going to be out there and they're going to take advantage of uh, some of the foolery that's going to go on at the BET Awards this evening. With, with all due respect to, uh, man, I just I just lost the name, uh, the president over there at BET. What's the name? Okay, Nicole don't know either, but it is what it is. So anyway, shout out to her. You know, she's a she's a very uh a very, very uh brilliant executive and uh some of the things that she has done are tremendous with that network. So, you know, I definitely give a BIG shout out to her. I can't remember her name right now, I'll get it here in a few minutes. I'm sure somebody will text it to me or whatever. But, you know, Award shows, you know, whether it be the Grammys, it could be the BET Awards, it could be, you know, whatever it is, man. Award shows just don't do anything for me. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm past the award shows. I, I could care less for them anymore. And, uh, you know, they play them, they rerun it at least 50 times, you know, in, in a couple weeks. Band. You know, they, they get so many additional time slots after the actual awards run that, you know, eventually between the reruns and the news, you know, you can't miss it. So I always end up watching something about the awards. And, uh, you know, no matter what award show it is, the Grammys, the the Golden Globes, the BET Awards, you know, whatever, uh, you always end up watching the stuff. And I'm always amazed at how much people know about the awards. Like, I'm always amazed on, you know, you could literally get on any social media site right now, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all of those, any Instagram, you name it. Get on any of those uh, social media outlets, and people can give you a play-by-play. Play. I'm talking about a Howard Cosell, Ali boxing match type moment about the awards. I mean, people that never have an opinion about anything ever, you know, people that can never express themselves ever other than uh, a, a, a social media post about how lonely and sad they are or how complicated their relationship is or uh, how much they need a job and how much they want a job and how hard they're looking for a job and, you know, all the foolery that you normally get. And don't forget on Sunday, they're going to praise God on Sunday. They're going to give, you know, show God love on Sunday. And I'll be cursing folks out on social media Monday. But, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, shout out to all those. Deborah Lee, that's the name. Thanks, Nicole. Deborah Lee, shout out to Deborah Lee from BET. Uh, definitely holding it down. Brilliant, 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 brilliant woman. Very intelligent woman. Met her on two occasions. 
Uh, I love that lady, man. She's a, she's a very thoughtful person. Uh, you know, it is what it is. And I think our politics are in the right place, despite of what. Anyway, I'm not even going to go there. Sorry, Deborah Lee. But shout out to her anyway. But, you know, it, it, it just amazes me how, you know, people ha- have no real-life opinion about anything, you know, no real-life concern about anything other than headline news. You know, everybody gets the headline news, right? You know, pray for uh, the tsunami victims. Pray for Japan. Pray for China. Pray for Africa. Pray, pray for Oklahoma. You know, people do that. And I don't. I think it's become so uh, void, so null and void that it, it, you know, the pray for et cetera doesn't hold any power for a lot of people. It doesn't hold any merit. Like I, I don't believe you. You know, shout out to everybody out there who does it. I don't believe you. You know, I, I understand that people are just different, and, and and I find myself. I'm always so hypercritical about other people other than myself. Like I get on myself pretty damn bad. And, and you know, some people, are, man, you shouldn't say that about yourself. You should have more confidence. Listen, I, I always have confidence. Like it, 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 For me, it's not a such thing as a lack of confidence. I definitely have that. Because how I grew up, the underdog, I had to make myself believe in me. You know, when nobody else would, I had to make myself believe in me because I know God believed in me. And the God-given talent that I was given, you know, really just, overshadowed my life. It, it, it gave me a, a, a path to freedom, if you will, because a lot of people would say, you know, hey, you know, this person is that great. And and for how God gave it to me, I always say, well, if they could do it, I could do it. You know, what makes them different? What well, what makes them so superior? You know, if, if Michael Jordan can do it, daggone it, I can do it too. And that's not to discredit anyone's ability. I'm just talking about how God gave it to me. So, when I'm heavy or, or hypercritical about the things that I do or I'm so down on myself or and, and, and maybe people happen to hear that, if you ever hear me do that, spare me to have some confidence. It's, it's, it's not that. For anybody to say to me, have some confidence, that means you really don't know me. You don't know who I am. You don't understand what I stand for because I believe in God. I believe in Christ, and he says all things are possible through him, and greater is he. So I, listen. Confidence is not my problem. But anyway, anyway, people get that part right. And and they always, you know, go online and they get the, the you know, the concern for others, the pray for this person, uh, you know, whether it's fake or real or whatever, I don't know. You know, some pe- people are just different. You know, some people take some things more serious than others. I get that too. But just speaking on the topic, it amazes me how people can be so much of an expert when it comes to award shows or albums. And everybody has that thing. I get that too. But it's just amazing with all the things that are going on in this country right now, with, with, with people being in, being in such economic strains, you know, not having a job, not having an education, um, with, with no way out and, and no direction. You know, people will gravitate to the most ridiculous things and become an expert at those things. I mean, they'll research what Kanye West's albums mean. What is what's his daughter's name really? Uh, they'll research, you know, what she looked like. Let me see her pictures. If the headline news says so, people will research that stuff and they'll be all over it. But in the meanwhile, they're losing in their lives, and it's amazing to me how people will put so much focus on what doesn't matter, 
on nonsense, on entertainment. They'll put their whole lives on entertainment while meanwhile the things around them and their own lives are failing. This is not a knock or a diss to anybody. It's just amazing to me how people choose to focus on the things that don't matter. When you don't have an education and you have no way out, you got to be a little bit unconventional on your efforts. You got to be a little bit, you got to go that extra mile when you're going to apply for a job. You know, all your I's got to be dotted. All your T's got to be crossed. Your resume has to look that much better. You know, your grammar has to be that much, that much more precise. You know, and people don't focus on those things. So, you know, this is what this Sunday is, man. It's, it's what I like to call BET Sunday. And this is not a knock to BET or, or just award Sunday. You know, and, and I always choose to do this show on Sunday and, and from the beginning, because right from the door, you know, when we were sitting around, we were in New York and we were talking about, you know, well, what day, well, this is, this is actually part two of the conversation before we had a conversation here with my wife and with my family talking about what days of the week were best and with my team, shout out to Kev, shout out to Sonny and uh, my FDF family, shout out to them too, you know, and, and, and some other individuals. And we were talking about, you know, I was asking them, hey, what, what do you think is the best day? What's your free day? When would you like to hear a show like KRP, which it wasn't even the name of it at the time? And, uh, you know, everybody put their two cents in, and, and I went to New York. I shot some footage in the park, went to some other places, Orlando, uh, Washington, talked to, you know, a whole host of people before I really jumped in this show. And uh, then we finally decided, then I finally decided that it should be Sunday. And I knew right off the door just from talking to so many people that, you know, we would be competing with the NFL. We'd be competing with the NBA. We'd be competing with the MLB. Uh, we'd be competing with every single award show because they always have them on Sunday evening. And I thought that this would be the perfect opportunity to make my mark because we're talking about the major entertainment uh, uh Whatever. The major entertainment platforms are all on Sunday. The major happenings of entertainment are always on Sunday. So I figure if I could get people to listen a little bit to some sense on a Sunday that's full of nonsense, I figure that we'd be getting somewhere. So, you know, this is why we do the show on Sunday. Once again, this Sunday, we're competing with the uh, BET Sunday Awards Night over there, BET. And you know what it is, what it is, man. That's why I love to do this show. Shout out to everybody who's always listening to the show, man. And, and you guys are definitely B.I.G. in my book. We got a full show for you guys, man. But right now, I got to go to one commercial. And when I come back, Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com will be from StretchingYourBudget.com. That's my southern drawl. I, sometimes I get lazy in my conversation, folks. Lazy in my talk. Lazy on the mic. But it is what it is, man. Shout out to uh, everybody who's listening to the show. Wilson NC, I see you, baby. Shout out to ECU University. I see you guys. We'll be right back after these messages with Charlotte for StretchingYourBudget.com.
call yourself a superstar. That's for other people to say. And you don't come out the south side without a few people having your back. Chicago is my home, my love. It's our time. This is a story about my family, my team, my roots. This is a story of D. Rose. And this is only the beginning. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome to the air, none other than Charlotte Holder from StretchingYourBudget.com. Charlotte, how are you this evening? Doing good, how's it going? It is going wonderful, things are great, and I'm happy, and I hope you're happy, and I hope your family's happy this evening. Yeah, happy, happy. (laughs) (laughs) Am I ever unhappy? No. You're not. I mean, you are. Listen, you are one of the the most happiest people that I've ever met. I mean, I don't I don't know what to say. I, I ask you, are you happy? And I already know the answer majority of the time. Sometimes though, you're not as perky. And I understand, you know, being yeah. a parent and, and working and the wife and all that good stuff. So I get that. And and I think that's why I ask because I care. So, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Even if I if I'm not happy, I had it well. <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> you just opened up a can of worms, y'all. <laughs> no, not me. I get it though. I'm not always happy either, but normally I get to scream and yell on the show. Maybe I just need to let you host the show so you can scream and yell and you know, it, it you'll be surprised at how much better you feel after yelling a little bit. Yeah, just let it all out. <laughs> yeah, gotta gotta let it out. It's like a punching bag. Good for <laughs> this microphone is my punching bag. I swear it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I can so, see that easily. Yeah. So, Charlotte, listen, we're, we're looking at expanding and uh, getting another office for a studio since we closed the last one. Awesome. I've been broadcasting from home and at uh been also broadcasting some other places. And, and I can't say call letters, but, you know, shout out to uh, those people, AM Radio, who who like to help us out time after time. But anyway, we need a home because there's a lot of people who want to come by the show, and there's certain events that I would like to have that I think we need space for. So we're gonna spend some more money, <laughs> and uh, uh. it is what it is. I think it's, it's it's needed. You know, it's needed, and um, you know, so that's, that's what we're working on. Yeah, it is, it is kind of exciting, you know. I can't wait to uh, – got to take our, our team portrait 
so we can put it all up over the place, and we got to get you into a photo shoot somewhere real soon. So be looking out for that. Okay, awesome. Well, yeah. is it going to yeah. be um, in the same area that you're at now? Yeah, it's probably going to be somewhere in the triad. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Burlington area somewhere, possibly Greensboro. Uh, we'll see. Depends on what property is like, and depending, you know, prices and all that. But it, we got to. We're looking at Burlington really close because the market is just right and the price is just right. It seems like. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's not too far away. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm ready. I'm. You know. I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> I'm speechless. That you know. I'm still. Still. Uh, wrestling the idea and, and, and all this stuff. So additional responsibilities and, you know, looking for a sponsor. Look, really close to XM Radio. I just got to let you know that, too. Really close oh, to XM Radio. Exciting. Doing some things over there. Yeah, we're one sponsor away. And I hadn't been talking about it a lot. I've just been kind of keeping quiet. But, you know, I don't I don't even know why it came out tonight. I was going to wait and tell you at the Back to School Summit. But it, it just came out tonight, so... I don't know. We'll see what happens. That is really exciting. It is. I'm very it, happy for you guys. Yeah, for us, Charlotte. I got more news for you too, but I, you know, we'll talk about that in person. And it's not just you guys; it's all of us. I mean, you're definitely part of the team and the success of KRP. So, you know, don't don't disinclude Aww. yourself. Part of the fan. <laughs> thought you knew that, but I feel bad that you don't know that. I got to do a better job now. I'm a bad communicator, so I apologize. I'm the worst. Well, that's, that's most guys, so it's okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, I Somebody just gave you the thumbs up. <laughs> we got women in the room giving you the thumbs up, man. I'm outnumbered right now, so I'm just going to be quiet. Chuck, what do you have for us this evening? Let me get off that. Um. I don't know. I don't, you know, you know me. Sometimes I have things planned. Sometimes I just wing it. So tonight's one of those winging at night. We have a bad thunderstorm here. Cool. So I wasn't even sure I was going to go up and make it home. But. Well, you always got good information, um, so you, you you are welcome to wing it. Okay. <laughs> it's funny how I can do that, right? I mean, it just means I'm a good talker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, Ooh. I don't know. I was, my husband and I, I was cleaning out the kitchen, um, this evening, the kids were at my grand, uh, their grandparents' house just for a few hours to play with their cousins. And so instead of me laying around, I decided to get up and clean. And I was cleaning out all kinds of stuff, cabinets and stuff in the kitchen. And, um, you know, we've kind of, um, you know, Ben, my husband, has started his new um, landscaping, hardscaping company the first of the year. Nice. And so... It's kind of us being back again on one income because, <laughs> you know, when you're starting out a business, as you know, it's tight. You're putting all your money investment back into your business. So things have been kind of tight, but we haven't really reined in our finances as if we're living on one income still. We we kind of have still been living as if we're on two incomes when we're not really. Yeah. So we've, yeah. we've kind of come to the realization that we have to bring it back down to earth, you know, those moments where you're like, oh, we got to <laughs> get real. Um, so that's kind of where we're at today. But um, as it's cleaning out, I said, you know, it would be really neat to um, do like a 30-day not eating out kind of thing, like a Ooh. goal for our family. 
then as soon as I said that, I was like, no, that's probably going to be impossible for us to do. <laughs> and he was like, no, I think we can do it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, with him, he works outdoors all the time, so upon weather and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And with it being lighter outside, he worked long hours. And, um, you know, I work for the government. <laughs> so I'm on mandatory overtime and that kind of stuff. So anyways, we both are working really long hours and, you know, it's just really convenient to eat out and that kind of stuff. So I'm not really sure how it's going to work, but we're going to attempt to make a 30-day eat-at-home kind of thing and see how much money we actually save. Ooh. So that's kind of our um, our personal goal for the month. So we'll see how it goes, but... <laughs> It'll be interesting. It'll be, it's you know, it's one of those things that you know you need to do, but you don't really, kind of like a diet, you know. <laughs> you know you need to do it, but you don't want to. You don't, you're not motivated enough. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're at. So it'll be good, though, because I need to get, you know, our stockpile. Um, we've been working our way through it and just trying to get it down because at a, after a certain point you just got to eat through your, stop pile so that it doesn't go bad and that kind of thing. So we've been working on that um, already, but that's just going to be our goal is just to get it back down even more and kind of build it back up later. So that's kind of, you know, our little cycle of couponing and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I took a few months off from couponing, just me personally. I think it's good to do that. Um, some people think that it's probably crazy, but I have – you know, like two months' worth of coupons just stacked up in my living room because I've still been getting them. I just haven't been clipping them. But for my own sanity, I just needed, you know, a little break. And you, and you need that. And I've always talked about balance in your life and finding what works for your family. Um, and it just depends on what point you are, you know, in your lifestyle. Summers are usually busy for people. So, you know, a lot of people take take time off from things that aren't, you know, maybe as important. So for us and our family, that's kind of what we've been doing. You know, I like keep it real. So it's okay if you let your coupons <laughs> pile up like me. <laughs> um, you know, so it is, you do kind of waste a little bit of money, but um, if your store has a little big sale, you know, like usually I'm crazy and I'm at the store all the time if they've got like a big super, super doubles event. Um and our store is going, doing that right now. So I've only been twice. But for me, that's, like, crazy because usually I've already gone eight or nine times <laughs> during the sale. So, um, wow. You know, but, yeah, so we're that's going to be our personal goal. So I would just encourage everybody, um, you know, out there who might be struggling financially or you're just wanting to save extra money for your vacations or anything like that to set a personal goal. It doesn't have to be extreme like ours, but, um, you know, as a family, do it together and set, you know, some kind of goal to help you save money, whether it's picking one day to eat lunch out while you're at work instead of five or, you know, not buying coffee at Starbucks where it's really expensive and making it at home before you go, that kind of thing. So, Every little bit, um, I've always preached this, but every little bit adds up. So, you know, just set a goal. Start, you know, July 1st is Monday, so it's a good time to set just a quick goal for the month and see how it goes. I'd love to hear back if anybody else does that. I need motivation, too. 
I that's that's motivation for me too, Charlotte, because we definitely spend let me let me just rewind. I spend out <laughs> I spend too much money eating out. <laughs> so, you know, trying that thirty days would be awesome. I gotta I gotta give that a shot, man, and uh, see how that goes. I, I don't I don't know how that's gonna be, Charlotte. That might be a little bit difficult. Just a little and, bit. Well, and, you know, that's even if you yeah, even if you like set okay, if you eat lunch out every single day, maybe just start you know, just eating twice out for the week, you know, mm-hmm. two times for the week at lunch and then packing your lunch the other three days. You know, if you don't you know, some people's schedules do not permit for them to, you know, if you travel and that kind of thing to eat pack your lunch every single day. But even if you just set a goal, a personal goal, you know, for each of like you and your wife you know, it doesn't have to be the exact same thing, but you're both doing it together. I think it will just be neat. Right. It brings you together as a family, um, but also just to see how much you actually save. Because we have just lately been spending a ridiculous amount on food, <laughs> eating out. <laughs> so, right, what what do you, you know? think between what do you think the average family spends on eating out a month? The average family, or I don't know if you have stats for that. Or not. Um, I don't have uh, separated stats. You know, the combined stats for groceries and eating out for a family of four is about 954 is the last thing I checked. So, um, you know, that's groceries and, and eating out. But, I, you know, I would say it depends on if you do more groceries or more eating out. But I would say people at least spend four to $500 a month on eating out. I mean, that would be easy to do. Easy. I mean, I would say people do that every two weeks, probably. Just sitting here thinking about what, you know, what we do as a family. So, you know, it's at least 20. If you have a family of four, it's at least $20 at minimum every time you go somewhere. So, you know, if you're eating out two times a day, you know, lunch and dinner, let's say, that's $40 a day. 40 times 30, I'm not, 100, what is that, $1,200? No, I'm not good at math. <laughs> you uh, get the you idea. How much again? Yeah, I mean, let, well, listen. $40 I, a day times 30 days, you know, uh-huh. it adds up. Yeah. So Absolutely. It, it's a lot. Yeah. That, so, that's I mean. $1,200 is a lot of money eating out, for real. It is, and I'm sure people do it all the time. I mean, we probably, I don't know. I just, I Ben did that <laughs> the first two weeks in May because I sat down and I was, like, showing him. I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. But, I, you know, his his eating out and stuff was, or stopping in at a gas station and getting a soda and a candy bar here and there, it was like $400 for two weeks, the first two weeks in May because I sat down and did it. Just for him, personal, his personal. That one, including our family eating out. So, when you don't, and that's why it's huge because we haven't been doing the cash system, which you know that I'm a big fan of, and we've done for a long time. We've just been using mm-hmm. our debit card because we're lazy sometimes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when you have cash, you actually see that money going. Um, and you feel the pain of it leaving you, and it's it's harder to give away. Um, so we're getting back on cash. I would encourage other people to get back on using cash just because 
you give yourself an amount and you stick to it and then there's no, hey, you said you were going to do this or whatever. So it's just, it's a constant struggle. I mean, finances change all the time. So absolutely. You just kind of have to learn to change with that change. <laughs> well, you know what we're going to do? Let's, uh, I'm going to issue a 30 day challenge to anybody who's willing to join us, anybody who's listening to the KRP radio show, you know, anybody who listens to a uh, replay or whatever, I'm issuing a 30-day challenge, and I want people to put some realistic totals uh, on your social media sites. Don't forget to tag us, you know, don't forget to tag KRP radio show and uh, stretchingyourbudget.com or stretchyourbudget, sorry, if you're on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever, or just hit me and Charlotte up. I mean, we're you know, we're regular people. But I, what I want to yeah. know is, first of all, can you stop eating out for 30 days? That's the first part of the challenge. And when you get ready mm-hmm. to eat out and you tell yourself, no, I want you guys to keep up with the money that you would have spent on what you would have gotten. All right? I know that's a lot, but if we can just start with a 30-day eating out challenge and, and to just stop it, and let's try to put a real number to it so we can everybody can get back to each other and say, hey, you know what, I actually saved this amount of money. Or or better yet, you know, instead of actually spending the money, put the money in a cup or, or, or the glove compartment or, you know, a coat pocket or just put the money up somewhere. And then at the end of the 30 days, we'll tally the money and see how much folks save. What do you think about that? I think that sounds awesome. I mean, and a lot of people yeah. eat at the same places, and they know how much about things cost. You know, like every Sunday before church, we go, you know, grab donuts or something. So, you know, I know about when we would do it and how much it would be, and most people have that kind of idea that eat out a lot. <laughs> so I think it would be pretty easy to figure out, you know, what you would have been spending, and you can put that in a thing. Just kind of do like a journal, just a, you know, quick little jot down every day. Or if you have a calendar at your desk or something like that, just write like a zero with a line through it to show you didn't eat out that day, you know. Just an easy tally. Yeah. And then, yeah, figure it out. I think that's awesome. I can't, I would love to see what, what everybody comes up with and if people are actually able to do the entire 30 days. So, well, my family is awesome. all in. We're getting ready to Yay! be all in and... It's going to be a trip, man, because, you know, we're going to be doing a little bit of traveling through July. You know what? I don't know if we can do it. <laughs> I just thought about it. Because we're going you to know, be on the road a lot. If you know you're going to be gone that week, just don't do it the week you're gone. But do a 15-day ta- challenge, you know? All right. Well, well we're going to give it our and, best shot. And do it. I'm, I'm still going to give it my best shot. And, and we're all in. We're going to give it our best shot. And uh, we're going to try to put some money together and, and the kids. You know, it'll be fun, man. We'll, we'll see what happens. Instead of, you know, sometimes when we go out, instead of getting the full meal, you can get just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like you can just get mm-hmm. something small or a drink or something to hold you over. And, because, you know, when I'm when I'm out there, man, and I want some food and I'm about to eat out, you know, I got to have a steak because I, I don't like to do the fast food because, you know, you spend eight bucks on the sandwich that you hate. And you can just go get a, a, a meal somewhere or a plate somewhere. I mean, that, that's what I like to do. Maybe that's why I'm getting fat, too. So, you know, it is what yeah, it is. Well, but I'm, I'm all in. If we go out, we Ben and I share, and we make our kids share. Nice. Because um, every time, you know, we get something, the kids leave half their stuff on their plate or whatever. And so I've learned, I'm like, you mm-hmm. can share. 
you know, they get chips or something or bread or something before they fill up on it. When they share, it's enough. I have never been a place where they've been starving after. Of course, my kids are little. I can still kind of get away with that. But, um, you know, and they can eat off of ours if we don't eat at all. But we, we try to, to share between both of us. And you know me, I always look for a coupon. And we went to dinner the other night, and I found a coupon before I went. So. There's ways to say well, that you do have to go out. But, you know, the hardest thing for our family is to not eat lunch out. Because if I'm at work, it's just easy for me to just go grab something. And Ben works out all the time, so it's easy for him to go and grab something. So our hard thing will be lunch, for sure. So... If you know that's what your hardest thing is, then just try to cut that one thing out. Either way, you're going to save whatever you decide to do. <laughs> Absolutely. E- either way, you're going to save something. And, and that's the whole point, to not spend as much money as, as you would have spent. So that's what it is. That's what we're going to work on, and that's what we're going to do. How about that? Sounds awesome. So July 31st, uh, what is what is the last Sunday of the month? Uh, Nicole, can we read the last month? You got that? I don't have a calendar. Somebody, I want everybody to be If you want to tweet us, tweet us at at KIRP Radio Show or at NC Pudgy. Charlotte, give me a Twitter. Stretch your budget at S-T-R-E-T-C-H-U-R budget. There it is. July 28th, folks, make sure you get back at us with those totals. Try your best not to spend this much money. I know the 4th of July is around. There's a lot of things happening in July. A lot of people are vacationing, and uh, it is what it is. But, you know, just think about it, and you'll leave your vacation feeling a lot better and your pockets a little bit fatter. Charlotte, any shout-outs? Uh, let's see. Not really. Shout-out to Ben. He's watching the kids as my son's banging on the door. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to you, Obviously, son, he doesn't get door. a shout out. He's not doing a very good job, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, man. We love the Pete. Love the kids. I gotta get that drop to him. I'm gonna get that trick daddy drop. Anyway, Sean, thanks for you coming through. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Have a good week. All right, you too. That's Sean from StretchingYourBudget.com, folks. Make sure you guys check her out. Her website is www.stretchingyourbudget.com. At stretchyourbudget.com on Twitter. You can also find us at stretchingyourbudget.com. She's got a link on there somewhere with us over there. And, you know, shout out to Charlotte. I think it's on the bottom right page. But anyway, if you go on that website, folks, you'll see a lot of discounts and coupons and free things and, you know, all that good stuff. Charlotte even said that, you know, she took a time out on couponing for herself. But the most amazing part of it is she didn't take a time out for you guys. So, you know, she still does her job for you that she doesn't make anything from. It's free. So, you know, that's B.I.G. in my book, man. She's definitely looking out for folks and trying to help people get along. And that's her passion, and that's what she does. So, B.I.G., shout out to her. You guys, make sure you check that website out. Got to go to a commercial. When we come back, we got Sonny Johnson. We're talking about Doma. We're talking about this. We're talking about that. Sonny's going to come on here and drop some knowledge. I don't know what she has. It's supposed to be a surprise and all that good stuff. We're going to see what her surprise is. She hit me on Twitter and said, P, I got something for you, and it's going to be wonderful, and it's going to be fireworks, and we know the 4th of July is around the corner, so I was like, yeah, come on through. That's my little sister, man. I can't tell her no. We'll be right back. You listen to the 
<laughs> Sorry about that. You listen to the KIRP Radio Show with your boy Pudgy at NC Pudgy on Twitter at KIRP Radio Show. We're also on iTunes. Check us out for all you iPhone listeners. Look us up on podcast KIRP Radio Show. Three words, keywords, KRP Radio Show. Make sure you guys hit us up. We're also on everything else. Any other social media out there, you can find us. Instagram, whatever. We out there. We working, baby. We'll be right back after these messages. How many more innocent people? How many more? How many more? What has been the number one cause of unnatural death in history? Democide, or death by government, has killed 290 million people on record. Look it up. Go look it up. In the 20th century, government murdered four times as many people as were killed in all the international and domestic wars combined. USSR, 61,911,000 people killed. Hitler's Germany, nearly 21 million people killed. Japan's imperialism, nearly 6 million people killed. Western colonization killed over 50 million people. Pol Pot's Cambodia, funded by the U.S. government, 2 million people killed. China's Communist Party, as many as 76 million people killed between 1949 and 1987. And the list goes on and on. Demand to know why the Department of Homeland Security bought more than 1.6 billion hollow point bullets. How many more people does government have to kill? Enough. Enough. Demand an end to citizen disarmament. As an American. As an American citizen. As a patriot. For your children. Enough of the people laying down and letting government kill them in mass after disarming them as they've done throughout history over and over again. Now is the time. It's time. It's time to realize that when the government takes your guns, people die. It's time to realize the biggest threat to you and your family is government. It's time to recognize Government is the greatest killer of all time. Demand they show you the word hunting in the Second Amendment. Demand our politicians uphold the Constitution and Bill of Rights as they swore to when they took office. It's time for our leaders to read the Constitution. It's time for our leaders to obey the Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. Because a well-regulated militia with 10-round magazines wouldn't last very long. So now you know the most dangerous thing to you and your family in the world is government. Because mass murderers agree, gun control works. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today.
Sanctuary is an online indie department store born with the ideology, community, and self. We believe that a garment or accessory created by an independent designer can do more for our community on a deeper level. The ability to wear someone's imagination is a beautiful event. Purchasing independent means wearing something unique while supporting those around you. The designers you support could very well be your neighbors, friends, and family. Embrace your indie state of mind. Shop indie. www.decheri.com. Decheri. KIRP Radio Show, 619-638-8559. Hit number one if you got a comment. And if you don't have a comment, just sit back, relax, and chill. And listen to the show. I almost pulled that off, man. I always, you know, night night lighted as a one of the late night 70s DJs with the afro and with the headphones in the middle of the afro and the afro sticking off both sides of the floor. I like that, man. Anyway, uh, listen, we got a bunch to talk about tonight, man. Welcome to the show, a beautiful individual who has been all over the world in the last couple of weeks and talking about all this stuff and really has her uh, her walking shoes on because she's been trailblazing as of late. And that's where I like her, trailblazing and speaking her message in her tone, the way she likes to speak. Welcome to the show, Sonny Johnson, everybody. Round of applause to Sonny Johnson. Hey, Sonny, what's up? <laughs> what's up, bro? <laughs> I ain't getting a round of applause in time, man, but you know. We, we... I was wondering. I was, like, waiting for it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I didn't come in. I don't know. <laughs> it kind of threw me off a little bit. I was, whatever. So, what's up? How are you? Hey, I am I am on chill status right now, bro. Working hard. Brain working hard. It's just one of them days. You know how it go. You've been on the road, man. I've seen you all over the place in pictures and stuff, and it's been lovely, man. I like to see you out there like that. Well, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm really, really trying, bro. I'm working. Hey, you know what? I put it I put it like this. The other day, right, I, I go in front of the U.S. Capitol for the, I, for the audit the IRS rally, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, that was for my Tea Party people. I went on Hannity. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, okay, that's for my Republicans. <laughs> and fear <laughs> not, I went on headline news on Friday, and I was like, that's for my Democrats. And and now I wanna I wanna drop something for my hip hoppers. Well, you know, you got all of those on this show. That's the beautiful part about it. All the people that you just named listen to the show. And also some liberal Democrats that absolutely hate my guts and can't wait to send me email listening to the show. But you know what? <laughs> That's the beauty. That's the beauty of it, though. So what, what do you got for us? I, I'm I'm ready to hear this. All right. Well, you know, right now I'm digging on my I'm on my J Cole. My J Cole woke back up. My J my J Cole came back to me, and he just released his new CD, Born Center. Well, 
mm-hmm. I'm going on my way to New York up to shoot Hannity. And before we get on the highway, I stop by and I get born center. And, well, I'm going to make this funny first. I get born center and I get Jesus. So I got J. Cole and I got Kanye. Okay? I listened to J. Cole 12 times from beginning to end. I skipped through every single song on Kanye's album. So first I want to throw that out there. If you're interested, save your money. Don't go spend your money on this album from Kanye. Whoa. Save your money. I'm I'm telling you straight straight up. I, I put my money out there. Save your money. Don't do that. That's kind of serious. I mean, that's a serious claim right there. You you willing to put it all on the line and say that Kanye album is whack? Yep. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. And people like everybody's out there now, like, um, you know, it's sacrilegious. That's what everybody is calling it, and and everything. I, I don't. I didn't even listen to it long enough to tell you if it's sacrilegious. I can't even give you a a report on that because. I didn't even listen to it. I listened to it like one time and was like, Kanye, what in the world are you doing? He's too far gone. He think he's Jesus, man. I mess with that dude. He think he's yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I just he 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 knocked me off track with that one. I don't wanna uh, <laughs> I don't wanna stick on that one, but you just had Charlotte on telling people how to um how to save their money. So I just wanted to throw yeah. that extra out there about how to save your money so you know I can match Charlotte Dollar <laughs> Shout out to you for that. That's great. That, I like that. That was a that's a good segue. <laughs> Seriously, we always trying to save money. Money, money, money. So um yeah anyway, leave that one leave that one be. I wanted to come through and um everybody everybody is saying that the hottest uh, hottest track off of Born Center is um I let let Nas down. Well, I listened to the entire J. Cole CD 12 times. I listened to Let Nas Down like 50 times, right? So I wake up on Sunday morning, and I write this spoken word in two hours flat, and it's based off of um, J. Cole's Let Nas Down, and it's called J. Cole Wrote Me a Love Song. So I want to debut it here for you, my bro, and all your listeners who love me yeah. and, um, and you know, keep me in their prayers and their thoughts. I want to dedicate this to all y'all, and I hope y'all like it. Let's do it. We got an exclusive. Let's go. All right. This is called J. Cole Wrote Me a Love Song. I'm a born sinner asking the Lord why me. He answered it ain't about you, so let it be. And when I questioned my role, he didn't send me a priest. He he sent another born sinner to preach to me. J. Cole wrote me a love song. Freedom of jail, the purchase of sale, daughter in the womb, mama angel, race from this hell. It was the end before beginning. How you going to change the world curled in all its traps and sentence? Well, as far as that goes, it's only natural. I explain my plateau and what defines my name. Short version. No need to fit it all in. I lived a life of compromise, backsliding, and sin. It was expected. See the hue of my skin? Then sickness hit my body. I don't want to go and party. The devil claimed my soul wasn't good for nobody. My girl's out tricking. My dude's out dying. God blessed me with the seed. The doctors were denying. Then he called my name and I couldn't stop crying. But I stood in defiance. 
See, because I'm going to do me. Not looking for no one's guidance. Not even from he. Because God wanted perfect. And in all honesty, I was not worth it. Then 50 wow. said, God give me style. God give me grace. God give me style. God give me grace. And God used 50 to put a smile on my face. And Jay said, kneel down and pray to God for better cards sometimes to no avail. And that made me wake up and stop feeling sorry for myself. If I wanted heaven, I had to escape hell. And Kanye, Jesus walked. And I thought, I've been afraid of God for so long. What can I do to right my wrongs? And this is where the song switches. God said, speak. So I let spoken word flow from me. I'm not a rapper, so lyrics don't flow from me. But I'm a thinker, so a thousand thoughts flow from me. God said, speak louder. What do you want from me? Then he put a tea party in front of me. Now I'm no longer black, my fam turned on me Because I try to paint a picture of the world I see That's the meaning of hip-hop, what it's supposed to be How the hell did I turn into the enemy? And on the other side, there's few that believed in me I wear my ghetto on my sleeve, ain't no change in me I'm the rough rock that God made of me Exposing my diamond now because Cole sang to me J. Cole wrote me a love song because politics are archaic, formulaic with their outcome. They don't know. They just studied the charts. Me, I studied my block. The people studied their hearts. Had a feeling I was killing with the speeches I was spilling out. I could change lives forever. Keynote, big speech, Jay-Z is what I talk about. And it would have been mixtape J. Cole. But I was like Nas wondering why you fold. When two years ago I was yelling, who that? Faking hip-hop that was a savior for rap. But as my speeches slowed down, I thought they must be insane. And Bannon said, play the game and change the game. And then I heard my love song. Because I always believed in the bigger picture. If I can get my people to stop with the names, feel my call, then I can open up doors, reintroduce honesty, show them they deserve more. The difference between black leaders, party pimps, and whores. I wasn't asked to fall. I was demanded to stand. MLK on the mountaintop in his heart and his hand across. Not that fake civil rights shit you bought so the statue removes Christ and they call it art if i should pass please let this be my last essay and all and as always i'll speak from my heart no apologizing for embracing hip-hop as an art because i'm here for a greater purpose though i doubt it to start i'm just a woman of the people not above but equal and for the greater good destroy both sides of evil don't cry for me. This is the life I choose myself. Just pray along the way I never lose myself. And for those of you who said black conservatism is dead, I'll go to hell and resurrect it, and I will be respected. Because J. Cole wrote me a love song. And poem. Whoa. I didn't want to put my round of applause on that. I just wanted to come right in and, and ask you what made you wrote, what made you write that? Hey, I actually just sat and listened to it. I just sat and I sat and listened to J. Cole. And to me, what I see is if I went out and got J. Cole like last week, this week I went and got Wale. If you look at the new rappers that are coming up, like one of my favorite Wale lines on his album, um, what is what is that, John? I can't even think of it right now. But um, his new album is, he's like, don't you dare um, buy a second whip until all your mama's paid. You know what I'm saying? So and you have this new crop, this new feel of hip-hop artists that are coming up 
who have made their money their way from the bottom up, from nothing up, and they are espousing these conservative principles. They are putting out these these economic nuggets of gold, and they're weaving them all through hip-hop. And if nothing else, I will be the one that connects conservatism with the heart of hip-hop. Sonny, man, you said so much in, the, in in that piece, in that spoken word. It's poetry, it's spoken word, it's it's rap, it's uh, it's just artistry, artistry, excuse me. But um, man, I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I I, I could dissect so much. I, one part stood out to me is when you said, um, now now I got a tea party in front of me. Like what? You're so outspoken today. And, and this is what I got from it. Was it a point in time where you were really scared to speak out? Because that's what it sounds like you were saying. And then when you when you got your opportunity, you know, you didn't turn your back. So was there a certain part of time in your life where you were scared to, like, come out with what you believe or scared to talk? No, to it wasn't or, that or, I was scared. It was, was, it? was getting in front of an audience. You know what I'm saying? It was it was it was that kind of it was that feeling of of being up in front of people, being judged by people, being you know what I'm saying? Picked over and you know what I'm saying? And it, it took a while for me to understand that everything I went through in my life meant for me to be at that point. And then everything that happened after that meant for me to be at this point. God has me on a beautiful journey. And I I always talk about grace, and you know it. I always talk about grace because I am so far from perfect. But it is so many of us here who are, and we carry God with us anyway. And and that's what I hope people would get out of it, is that if you dismiss this whole culture of hip-hop, you dismiss it and you don't go in and find the nuggets, then it's done to our own detriment, especially as conservatives and especially as those conservatives who grew up in the hip-hop age. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is it is it something that, you know, people should listen to more in terms of hip-hop? Because when, when most people who have never listened to hip-hop or who, who have ever heard, who have only heard the negative parts of hip-hop, the news reports, the you know, the gun violence, the, the East Coast, West Coast beef, most notable for a lot of people who, who hadn't experienced or even listened to hip-hop or who don't care to, you know, what would you say to those people who listening right now who, who just don't want to give it a chance or who doesn't understand it? You know, what would you say to them people to make them give it a try and listen to more so the meaning of the words than just the words or the negative conversation of them? No, I would just say you don't have to. You you know what I'm saying? I don't listen to Kid Rock. I don't. It's a whole bunch of, of country artists that I don't listen to that that wholly support the conservative cause. You don't have to like rap. You don't have to get into it. But what I what I would say is to understand. I wrote an article on Breitbart earlier this week, and it was mm-hmm. about Rachel Jantel because uh, um <laughs> the girlfriend of Trayvon Martin. And everybody was riding her dialect. Everybody was riding her grammar. Everybody was riding her, you know? And I'm like, those are the people we need to catch. Those are the people that we can reach. 
but we're so worried about their dialect and we're so worried about them not fitting in and them not looking like everyone else or sounding like everyone else that we don't take the message to them. So it's not a matter of you liking hip-hop. It's, it's a matter of you understanding that cons- conservatism is laced throughout this culture. And if you can cast down your bucket to these people, they will receive your message because the message is, like I said, already embedded in the culture. It's already embedded in hip-hop. You don't have to be a fan of it. But at least back off and let us who would use it as a weapon use it effectively. Wow. That's uh. That's deep, Sonny, because I, I, I happen to believe the same thing, and I, I think you know that. Um, here's something, here, here's a beef that I have. I don't know if it's a beef. I think it's more of a, a, a ringing the alarm or a ringing the bell, or maybe it's just a throwing up my side, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, something that I'm sick of, and, and I had planned to talk about this early on in the show, and uh, for you folks who are just tuning in, listen to the KRP radio show with Pudgy, Right now, I got Sonny Johnson on, at Sonny Johnson on Twitter. Learn how to spell it. I don't know what to tell you. If you don't, it's Sonny with an O. Uh, coming up next, we're talking about Doma, and I got my brother John Nix coming on the show, and who's an excellent guy, by the way. I wish he would have ran for mayor out there in, in, in uh, Newburn, but, you know, we'll talk, in Kingston, excuse me. We'll talk about that soon here, too. But look, look, Sonny, here's, here's my beat that I have with uh, what I like to call debate, debating conservatives, people who just like to go online and debate, debate with liberals, and, you know, that's all they want to do, and, they, and they, make, they, they feel good by debating, and they go on social media, and they feel so great. But I want to put to rest, I want to go on record, and, and please share this with anybody. And this is not a, I'm not trying to get at anybody. Shout out to C.L. Bryant from the, who did the movie Runaway Slave, this, which is a great movie. Y'all need to check that out. That's my main man. And, uh, you know, everybody know me, man. If I got a beef, I'll say it to you, not about you. But here's my beef overall with the uh, us conservatives, myself included, because I had to get off that bandwagon. I'm talking about uh, the leaving the plantation and off the slave ship and all that. Listen, with all the things that are going on in this country, if the only thing we can talk about is handouts and get off a damn plantation, to people who are needy, need information, that need knowledge, that needs that education, that needs that history, if that's all we can tell them, we're going to lose our ass off. If we, if that's all we got to say is get off the plantation, get off the plantation, let me spell something out real quick. To people who only are benefiting from the things that we don't agree with, whether it be a system, an AFDC, a food stamp, or what may have you, to those people who are not doing as well as we are, who might be struggling, who might feel like they need those things and are living off those things, you are not going to get through to them talking about get off a plantation and not taking handouts. It's not going to happen. They're going to ignore you. Since we were talking about uh-huh. Since we were talking hip hop, then I and and I'm really loving J Cole right now, as you can see. He has this song on his album Born Center. I'll say it again, but he has this um song on his album is uh, it's called Channing Day. And and in the song he's like, um, I love this slavery. 
and what he was talking about is the the need for us to go out to buy stuff for people to look at us and think that we are more than what we are. And he has this funny line in it where he goes, um, most people will fake it till they make it. But me, I'll make it, then I'll fake it. You know what I'm saying? It's it's if you want if you want to win this community, if you want to win this generation, you you're not gonna use it, you're not gonna win it quoting Ronald Reagan. You know, but if you can go in and you can tell them what do you think J. Cole was talking about? When Wale is on there and he and he is talking about um personal responsibility and how there's brothers that look just like him that will easily slit his throat. You know, it's all of these things that we are talking about is in the music. And it's not you're not gonna change the population by ignoring it. You're not gonna um do it. And I'll tell you one other thing and this is you want to talk about something that ticks people off. This is what ticks me off. All these conservatives who have spent the last week of their life figuring out how to call themselves crackers. What are you accomplishing? Like, I think it is the stupidest thing. It would be like for me to find, um, to be going on a rant to find a hundred different ways to call myself niggas. They're going on to call themselves crackers. Oh, I'm a saltine cracker. I'm a this cracker. I'm a, come on. How many minds are you changing? How many hearts are you changing? How many people are you touching with that nonsense? And then their response is, well, the other side is doing it. Well, my response is, aren't we supposed to be the grown-ups? They're the ones who act like little kids. They're the ones who do irresponsible stuff. Aren't we supposed to be the grown-ups? Shouldn't we model our behavior to tell them what is and isn't acceptable? And if you're going to go and play the same game that they're playing, how then can you turn around and chastise them for playing the game? So, like like I said, I am extremely focused at the moment. As you can see, I laid down my gauntlet about where I'm going, where I've been, and where I'm going, and that's the road that I'm going to follow. And I'm going to follow it through God, and I'm going to follow it through hip-hop, and hopefully at the end there's so much grace abounding that we change something, that we win. This time we win. Well, I don't know what's going to happen in the near future, but, you know, and, and it, when you when you talk about winning, I, I'm, I'm into winning hearts and, and you know, trying to help God win the souls of men and the souls of people, but you know, and, and and I can only assist by telling people what's real and what's really going on and, and trying to help people through. But, you know, in, in terms of J. Cole, that that's a that's a dope line. Like I, I like that line. That line is hot, you know, being me being a rapper, I can definitely dig that. And a lot of people can understand that. But we gotta get, you know, realistic with people and, and start embracing start telling them to embrace something different too. You know what I'm saying? Because people are so selfish in their ways and I know where I'm from, people are so selfish, but you know, I see a lot of my homies and a lot of my brothers I grew up with, you know, they they clean and they act up. They're like, you know what, man, I can't get a job like this. I can't you know, people aren't taking me serious like this and sometimes it might be out of our comfort zone. But you know what? You got to do what you got to do, especially when you got to feed yourself. And society is never going to accept anything. You know, a society just doesn't accept different. 
you know, it, it, it is what it is. And, and you know, sometimes you got to go with status quo until you can get on your own and do your own thing. But I guess you got to play the game or whatever that's might be might be called. But you know, Sonny, your piece was dope. You need to throw some music to that. Like I, I love that piece right there. Well, if you throw I some music it, to it, I'm, I brought it to you. So what yeah. do you think the next step is? I'm going to throw some music to it. I'm going to make it do I did. <laughs> we'll make it do what it do, yeah. and the problem is solved. Yeah, you know, it'll be like uh, it'll be like uh, Liberville. Like, I'll be playing it for the next two years, I'm sure. I still got Liberville on the queue right here. So, you know, that's how it is, man. Liberville still is the dopest piece in the world. I mean, I, I, I wish we could get that in the beginning of a movie. Bannon, what's up? <laughs> you know, we need to put that at the beginning of a movie, man, because Liverpool was was nothing less than extraordinary, Sonny, man. I, I would not lie to you at all. That piece was dope. This piece is hot right here, but I, this, this Liverpool is going to be like one of my favorite pieces of all time. Like, I, I put it up there with the greats, definitely. And I appreciate that. Well, I got I got date night with the little ones. And and she's sitting huh? here staring me in my face, not appreciative of me sharing my time with someone other than her. <laughs> we get it, man. And we're nine minutes after the break. Sonny, before you go, you got to give a shout-out. I'm going to give a shout-out to my little one who um, did so exceptionally well in third grade that they have promoted her to a – Honors class for fourth grade. She will be in a signet hey, program. Nice. She gets to leave we her school that. and go to a bigger school and have more educational opportunities presented to her. And she did it on her own accord. And I'm so very proud of my little one. So big shout out to you, little one. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Shout out to you, baby. We love you for that, man. That's big. I love that. I love that, love that, love that, love that. That's what I'm talking about. That's why we love doing the show. Sonny, you got to put her on more, man. We got to get her in front of the mic, you know, phone. Hey, you you say yeah. that, you don't even know. She she is her mother's daughter. So if they thought they would, that I was any kind of threat or challenge, you wait till she come of age. Mm-hmm. I like that, man. Shout out to you guys, and definitely shout out to you on your date night, man. Enjoy your date night. We're about to go to a commercial. Coming up next is my man, John Nick. Sonny, have a good night. Thank you, bro. All right, you got it. One love. That's Sonny Johnson, at Sonny Johnson on Twitter. Coming up, I got my man, John Nix, who's going to come on here with me for just a little bit, and we're going to burn the airways up. Me and John, we got a lot to talk about, man. I mean, John... I might have to see if I can get his wife on here, too, because she got a story to tell that became one of my favorite stories of all time. Y'all got to hear it, man. Republican convention, elevator, Michelle Nix went in. I mean, man, I love them people, man. Shout out to John Nix. We're going to bring him on the show here just next. You listen to the KRP Radio Show, KIRPRadioshow.com. You can check us out 8 p.m. every Sunday night, same time, same place. Also on iTunes, check us out on iTunes, keywords, K-I-R-P, radio, and show. We're also on Twitter, at symbol K-I-R-P, radio show, at symbol N-C, Pudgy is me. And we're on Facebook, that's facebook.com backslash K-I-R-P, radio show. We're coming up soon with our own iTunes and Google and Android app. 
really, 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 really soon. We're testing it out. Things are looking good right now. We almost got it complete. So be looking up for that. And also, get those KRP t-shirts, man. I love KRP Radio. Log on to uh, KRP. What is it? BigCartel.com. K-R-R-P dot BigCartel.com. And get your K- I Love KRP Radio Show t-shirts. We'll be right back in two minutes with the main man, John Nix. It is my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice. Ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator. Get you out of your comfort zone. Inspire you to take action. Be risky and always stay true to your passion. Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industries. Some past and present clients include Jill Osco, J&K Fresh LLC, celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, teen and family producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaniinc.com. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Your home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. It's the same way he did when he was in high school. After school, he practiced, then he went to the gym. This is what he wants. This is the life he chose. And if you want it, you have to work hard to keep it and keep on going with it. So I believe he will come back. And when he do, I'm going to be at the Bull Center for my baby. <laughs> Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock or the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah, 9.8 isn't any of that. 
this ounces. And that makes this the life ever. Professional SOS Savior On Road Services and M3G, home of the KRRP Radio Show. The weather for this week, folks. Once again, you better get your umbrellas ready. Monday, we got 82 degrees with a low of 70 thunderstorms all day long, 80% chance of rain. On Tuesday, we got 81 degrees with a low of 69, partly cloudy and thunderstorms throughout the day. 40% chance of rain off and on throughout the day. Same thing for Wednesday and Thursday with a high of 83 and 85. Low of 69 and 70 for Wednesday and Thursday. Thunderstorms all day. 99% chance of thunderstorms. And on Friday, 87 degrees with a high. Low at 70 degrees. It's going to be beautiful. A little bit partly cloudy. So look out for a little bit of cloud cover that we're going to have on Friday in the evening time. And on Saturday, 90 degrees. Topping the week with 90 degrees, a low of 71 degrees on Saturday, and it's going to be on and popping. So everybody that's going to get rained out on Thursday, July 4th, we're going to pick it up on Saturday when it's going to be 90 degrees. Partly cloudy, clear throughout the day and the entire afternoon. This weather report was brought to you by ASP, All Services Professional, Savior On-Road Services, and M3G, Miller Marketing and Media. If you need a commercial and you need your goods, Advertise on the KRP radio show or any radio ad. We will design that ad for you. Just make sure you hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, or give us a call, 909-KIRP-104. Got to welcome to the show one of these uh, amazing, one of the most amazing people that you guys uh, either you don't know or you will know or you're soon to know. Maybe we can get this guy to run for a high office. I was hoping that he'd take over uh, Kenton, North Carolina, but he ain't ready for the Kenton takeover just yet. So we're going to get him <laughs> to see if we can't do something else. So welcome to the show, my brother and your friend and delegate, my man, John Nix. How you doing, my brother? Hey, Pudgy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good to, good to talk to you. Hey, man, it's, it's good to have you back on the show after the, uh, after the Republican convention, a few weeks after the Republican convention. And uh, <laughs> you guys had quite the time down there in Charlotte, am I right? Yeah, we had a great time. <laughs> you did too. <laughs> Saw you there. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a wonderful time, man. I got video, I got pictures, I got a whole bunch of stuff, man, that I'm gonna use to my advantage one day. No, I'm just kidding. I, I got a whole lot of fun though, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. people had a good time. I had a good time, and. Uh, let me just get right to it, man, because I've been waiting for either you or Michelle to tell this story because I couldn't do it justice. Like, I'm not the storyteller, but please tell me what happened with Carl Rove on the elevator. So this is like the highlight of the convention to me. Yeah. Well, you know what? 
I've got the I've got the source sitting right here beside me. You want you want to hear from my wife, Michelle? Yes, please. I was only I was only uh I was only along for the ride. Let me tell you, I was along for Woo. the ride and uh and and I was pushing every button. But, hey, let me let me hand the phone to her. <laughs> I appreciate that. And he's pushing buttons, folks, by the way, to keep the elevator, you know, from stopping on every floor, by the way. That's what, we appreciate hey. that. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm, I'm excellent. So you, hear... you, you want to hear huh? about my experience in the elevator with Carl Rose? Oh. Oh, do I want to hear it? Please, by all means, please tell this story. I I need this soundbite for later. <laughs> uh, John and I had um, gone back to the room after the uh, meetings at the convention, and we had come around by the elevator bay, and we were going down to the um, the Liberty Suite. So we come mm-hmm. around the elevator bay, and there's um, Carl Rove and another gentleman who we didn't know who it was. So John said, "Wow, there's Carl Rove." So I had uh, walked up to him and I said, Mr. Rove, my name is Michelle Nix. I am the Lenore County Republican Party chairwoman here in North Carolina. And he's like, oh, good, nice to meet you. And he, I said, um, you know, we did early bird registration for the convention, but when I found out you were going to be the featured speaker for Saturday evening's banquet, I called the next day and demanded my money back. <laughs> oh, you told him that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michelle, how you dissed a man like that? I mean, he, he was probably feeling himself that he was a speaker. I'm, I'm sure you just inf- deflated that balloon. Yeah, and you know, Pudgy, I also had um, one of those buttons that they were handing out there at the convention. Um, the fellows mm-hmm. that wrote the book against Carl Rove, they were handing out buttons at the convention, and it said WTF. I had one of those buttons on. <laughs> so as... <laughs> As we're getting on the elevator, you know, he's shaking my hand, and as we're getting on the elevator, he says, well, tell me, why aren't you coming to the banquet? I said, well, because I don't like the way or I don't appreciate the way that you support established Republicans against um, Tea Party Republicans in primaries. And he goes, Mm -hmm. oh, well, you don't like the way that I supported um, Rand Paul or Mike Lee or Marco Rubio? And I said, no, I don't like the way that you got someone to run against Ted Cruz out of Texas in the primary. Um, and, and I really don't like what you did to Todd Aiken in Missouri. Um, and, oh, you know, and, and we're standing on the elevator, and he's still holding my hand. But as he's holding my hand, he, you can tell that he's getting a little bit upset, and he's squeezing my hand. So I... I I squeezed it back and I took a step forward because you know I, I didn't want them to think I didn't want him to think that he could get away with doing that to me. That's right. Um, you ain't no punk around here. Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna don't don't intimidate me that way. And uh, and uh, he said something. Uh, he's like, you know, you got that button. No, I said um, something about Christine O'Donnell out of out of Delaware. And he said, oh, you're gonna um, you're gonna support a candidate that buys a house and doesn't make her first mortgage payment. And I said, well, you know, why didn't you know why didn't she make her mortgage payment? Was it because you know a lot of people were having hard economic times and she couldn't afford to? I said, and I've got two questions for you. One is, how do you know her personal financial information? And two, what do you care? You don't even live in Delaware. <laughs> oh, you know, you don't care. Hey, oh, and uh, he looks at me and he says, you know, you need to take that button off until you get your facts straight. 
pointing at my WTF button, and I said, I think I've got my facts straight. I said, I think I'm going to leave my button on. And he says, well, I'm going to, why don't you send me your email address and email me at carlrove at carlrove.com, and I'll send you some information. And I said, well, better yet, why not just go ahead and give you my email address now, and you can mail me the information. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was so surreal that this was happening, and and you know, as he's what getting off face? the elevator, his face was mm-hmm. red. You could tell he was mad. <laughs> he was tight. Yeah, but Ooh. I wasn't about to let him get away with what he's been doing to us. I mean, that's just not right. You know, he's throwing money, and that's what I said to him. You know, he's like, "Well, you didn't like the way I supported those candidates." You know, we put millions of dollars into their campaigns. I said to him. You didn't put that money into their campaigns. Your PAC did. So that means corporations have been supporting those candidates, not you. Wow. So as he's, as he's getting you- off the elevator, <laughs> my husband said to him, hey, Mr. Rove, my name is John Nix, and I'm Michelle's husband, and we've got it from here. <laughs> <laughs> he's pissed off about that right now. I, I bet you any amount of money that man is. He will never forget your names. I promise you that. Well, never, ever, well, ever forget your names. Never. Here's the other thing, Pudgy. The, in the elevator, there was another fella that was in the elevator with us, and I didn't know mm-hmm. who it was. And the next morning when we went for the prayer breakfast that morning, John's elbowing me, and he's going, that's the guy, that's the guy. Well, I couldn't see who he was talking to. So um, by the time I turned around to see who he was talking to, I had turned, um, the guy had gotten off the stage. Well, apparently it was Ralph Reed, and I had no idea who oh, it was. serious? So, yeah, it was Ralph Reed. So the next and morning, he didn't say anything? you know, no, he didn't say anything to me. I didn't see who it was. Well, the next, and that morning, John and I, um, one of the fellows who was with us, won tickets to go to the Faith and Freedom Coalition in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Well, he couldn't go, so he turned around and gave John and I the tickets. Well, when we went to Washington, D.C., I actually had an opportunity to speak to um, to speak to Ralph Reed. And I said to him, Mr. Reed, I believe we shared an elevator with Carl Rove. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, my God, you're the tea party lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say anything, man. I mean, Ralph Reed. He's a little firecracker, too, at times, man, so I, that's much. shocking that he didn't say anything. Well, he said that Carl Rove was a good friend of his, and he said, you know, he really is conservative, but he doesn't know it. He said, the only thing I can ask you to do is to, can you, is to continue to pray for him. So <laughs> that's pray, Ralph Reed pray, for, yep. pray for Carl Rove. <laughs> Ralph, folks, if yeah. you don't know who Ralph Reed is, Google him, man. He, he's a great guy, actually, a, a great speaker. And uh, conservative uh, political activist, and uh, he actually ran for what governor in in Georgia, mm-hmm. lieutenant governor, or something like that in in the nineties. But you know, he's the uh, the start, the creator. I, I don't know if, if he's the president or not, but I know he started the uh, Faith and Family Coalition in what two thousand nine or ten. So uh, yeah, Ralph Reed, man, he's a great guy. He was actually on Rachel Mad- Maddow this morning on her show, and they were talking about gay marriage. And he, I mean, it's it's on, um, it's a blip that's on the Blaze TV tonight. There's a clip that's on there where he actually says, um, well, then President Obama 14 months ago 
was also against gay marriage, but he flipped. Does that make him a hypocrite too? So there's, you know, there's a good clip of Ralph Reed talking to Rachel Maddow this morning about the uh, recent decision to the Supreme Court. I would encourage your, you know, your watchers to look at that or your listeners to watch that. I'm making a note of that right now, too, to check that out, because I, I would love to hear that. I'm pretty sure that was yeah, some good commentary back and forth. It, it really was. Hey, I'm going to turn well, the phone Michelle, back over to John. and Yeah. Well, I wanted to say thank you, though, for sharing that story, because that, every time I hear that story, it gives me a good laugh, man. And, and you know, Carl Roll is, is one of them, uh, one of those guys that, you know, if he's on your team and, and you're lobbying or something or, or you're running for office, I mean, you, you got a bull. But if you really realize what the man stands for, man, he is he's a loser, <laughs> frankly. I mean, just call it what yeah. it is. He's a loser. He's always lost. He's always been on the losing side. and. He's not the conservative that he thinks he is, so or or, or, or whatever he thinks he is. I, I don't even know what Paul Rove considers yeah. himself. I would say he's an established Republican, you know, which is really there's got to be room for everybody. But if the Tea Party or we're backing a candidate in the primary and the candidate's very strong, we don't need someone else to come in and try to primary that candidate out of the race if that's who the people are picking. Mm-hmm. But, and, and that's why I say I don't I don't know what he is because you know he'll throw his money around and 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 they have thrown candidates out there and I say they because he has a nice little team with him nestled in real real comfortable but you know they'll throw their money around and they'll put a candidate out there who doesn't have a chance of really winning the general you know just to have their way and and you know get rid of a good candidate that we have that might not have enough money so you know this this is what happens with some big willy established Republicans or established Democrats or established party members, period. This is what we're all fighting. So keep fighting the good fight, Michelle. I appreciate you telling that story. Thanks, Pudgy. It was good talking to you. I'm going to give you back to John. All right. I'm back. Mr. Nick. Yes, sir. um, Let me just jump jump right into it, man. Uh, The Supreme Court ruled basically that God and the scriptures are no longer relevant with this dumb, uh, you know, some people don't agree with that. What do you think about that? Okay. You said that you're you talking about the, um, the voting rights act and the, and section four. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, what do I think about it? Well, I mean, I, I guess from my perspective, um, after, you know, I, I had a, lawsuit parallel in Shelby County for um, three years and they chose Shelby County they, they chose to hear Shelby County um, over over Nix versus Holder um, and, and that's fine because we you know we, we reached the end and I think that the outcome was good but um, I think that the with uh, the re- the section four was the um the coverage requirements, and so with without um without section four there is no section five, which is the preclearance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my feeling is um, and I'll tell you, I'll have to back up just a minute, and I'll tell you kind of some background. But my feeling is that um, you know, it's uh, it's not serving its purpose anymore. Section four is um, in, at one time 
it was there. The reason was the reason that Section 4 and 5 were put into place was to protect the rights of everyone, and especially minority voters that had been um, traditionally um, kept away from the polls or suppressed, and that's just not happening anymore. Um, and I don't know how anybody could, could disagree, but I, I, I would, I guess there are some people that are, that are going to disagree. And I can, I can certainly, for someone who's, who fought for civil rights in the, in the late fifties and, and early sixties, I can certainly understand that emotion. Um, I mean, in 1965, I was two years old, you know, so mm -hmm. I didn't go through what they went through. And I, and I'm, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not black. I'm not Asian. I'm a white <laughs> guy, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, that to me, um, I think it's just outdated and I think that it can be used as a tool, um, for the wrong reason rather than a tool for good. And I just think it's uh, time for it to be struck down, and it was. And so um, what this means is that um, they allowed Congress, they're, they're allowing, they've opened it up to Congress to rewrite new coverage requirements if they choose to. But the feelings the feelings are from my, from my camp, from my group of attorneys, is that this is probably politically impossible. Um, mm -hmm. that um, it's, a, it's certainly an historic decision and um, you know backing up with the reason that I got involved with the Section 5 lawsuit um, in Nix versus Holder was that um, you know this, this town that I live in Kinston we had a referendum in 2008 for nonpartisan elections and it passed 67% at the polls, um, which meant 67% of the wow. people wanted it, you know. And in, and in this town, we are in the Section 5 area. So we had to go to the Department of Justice with the with this and say, hey, we, we you know, we voted for this. And, you know, anytime there's a change in the voting scheme, that's what, that's what you have to do, right? That's what this is all mm -hmm. about. It's not right. about anything else but that, <laughs> which I think you know, when people start talking about um, civil rights and you know voting rights, they need to understand what they're talking about, and that's all that Section 4 and 5 is. It's just the, allow the allowance for the Department of Justice to have oversight. And frankly, we have too much federal oversight in just about everything we do now. That's my feeling. Right. So it's not. It's not even. So, it's, it's not even needed. That. That's what this is about. It's. It's, it's not even right. needed. And. And what was done is basically saying. And correct me if I'm wrong now, John. But what. What's mm -hmm. being done is. Is basically we've said. Uh. We don't. Fed. We don't need you to oversee this. We got it. The states got it. We don't need you. Is that correct? That's what this lawsuit was about, and that's about striking down Section Four, and um. Therefore, you know, therefore Section Five, and, and that's that's exactly right. Um, and, and I'll tell you uh, um, real quick, and then I'll um, kind of get back into what I was saying. But what does what does this mean? What does this mean for the state of North Carolina? It means that if we 
if we, uh, if our legislators decide to um, go ahead and do a voter ID, uh, a picture ID um, bill, that it does not have to go to the Department of Justice for approval. And one of the reasons that, um, you know, one of the reasons that it's been so hard to do is because we've been trying to word it in a way that the Department of Justice wouldn't wouldn't strike it down. Um, but an example would be South Carolina. Um, I got I got a chance to meet uh, to meet the Attorney General of South, of, uh, South Carolina uh, about six or eight months ago, and he was telling the story about uh, when he when he met me. We were talking, and he he was familiar with my case, and he said uh, he said that they spent three and a half million dollars in South Carolina, their money of the taxpayer dollars, just to just to um, in, in legal fees, you know, to to, uh, to fight um, to fight for their voter ID bill, and so that's just that's just a waste of money. It's a waste of time, and they they, they won ultimately. They got they got their voter ID. They beat them, but it was uh it was taxpayer money on both sides because who's paying for the who's paying for the Department of Justice to to argue their case? We are, you know, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the citizens of South Carolina were paying for, you know, for their attorneys, uh, for the mm-hmm. attorney general's office. So this is our feeling is, and this is, you know, this what this means is that if you're in a jurisdiction or you were in a jurisdiction like Kenston um, that was under those pre-clearance requirements, um, it, it gives you it gives you um, the freedom to enact changes to your voting procedures without asking for permission in advance from the federal government. And so um, what we had contended throughout our lawsuit was that um, the Constitution does not permit the federal government to take over local decisions about voting mm-hmm. and then run them from Washington. So sovereignty. You're very familiar with sovereign, with being sovereign. We we, we don't need that much oversight. We don't need that kind of oversight. And so this is this is not this is not squashing anybody's freedom. What this is doing is this is actually freeing up a lot. This is giving us this is giving uh, uh, the citizens more freedom. They have freedom at the ballot box to go and vote for a referendum like this, and not have the federal government telling them no you can't do it. And see the Pudgy, the reason the reasons that were given in the case, um, if I had it in front of me I could read it to you, but I can give you a synopsis. In Kenston, okay. Kenston came they, they, they came back with the uh, the Department of Justice came back and said, um, and I'm just gonna paraphrase it, um, no, the reason that you can't have nonpartisan elections in Kenston um is because um, and Kenston is about 68% black um, in the city mm-hmm. in the city limits. Okay, so they said no, you you can't have nonpartisan elections, and the reason is is because um, um, a person of color or a black person cannot um, minority voters will be unable to vote for the person um, for their for the right person without a without a um, 
party label. That, that was what they said in effect. And also number two, yeah, and also number two, that a minority that a minority voter would not be able to um, a, a person running for office that was a, that was a minority would not be able to. Um, they would have a more difficult time because they wouldn't be able to um, raise money, and they're traditionally um, black people are more um, economically depressed. So they wouldn't have the ability to raise money without a party. And you know, two things there. Number one, sixty-seven percent of the, of Kenton voted for. Nonpartisan elections. Now, I just told you that 68% of the population is black. So yeah. there was a good percentage of people that were black that voted for this referendum, right. nonpartisan election. So they they probably understood what they were voting for. Okay. Absolutely. I can't say that all of them did, but all, you know, I don't. I mean, you black, white doesn't matter. Everybody's not going to understand what they're going to vote for. Some people just go in there and push buttons. We know that. But. Right. Um, what I'm saying is that that was a slap in the face to not only the population, the, the city of Kinston, the voters of Kinston, but that was a black, that was a slap in the face to the minority voters in Kinston. Um, it it is it degrades degrading. Yeah, well, and I'm you know well, it is. see what I'm saying. Um, yeah. so um, that's why um the city of Kinston chose the City Council chose not to appeal, and I'll tell you something else about uh, the city of Kenston. We haven't had a, uh, a Republican or any anyone anything other than a Democratic uh, Democratic um, um, uh, City Council member since Reconstruction. So um, wow. they did they didn't want to they didn't want to appeal it because it's a very comfortable thing if you have if you have a uh, uh, a stronghold on the voters just by having that party label. Um, mm -hmm. You know, why would you want to change it? So they chose not to appeal it. Um, so a group of citizens, me being one of them, chose to go ahead and file suit. So on April 7, 2010, we filed suit. And we actually filed suit ahead of Shelby County, um, but we had always paralleled that. We paralleled them all throughout the, uh, the, the three years. Um, so, like I said, it's not really, it, it's not really, uh, it wasn't a competition, but I would have loved to, uh, I would love to have had uh, my case heard uh, by the Supreme Court, um, but it's a means to an end, and, and I really believe, and uh, there's been a lot written and talked about already, that without our case, this probably would not have been a reality, that Shelby, the two cases together really um, strengthened one another. And yeah, I agree one that. of the one of the reasons that Nix versus Holder did not make it was because our case was very strong, and it had a lot. It had more components in it, more things that would have been hard to uh, to knock down and disprove. And uh, what they did, believe it or not, I've told you this, I'm sure. They came back and pre-cleared Kenston um, later in the game. Um, after actually, after I had I had lost my city council election in 2011 because I had run on uh, I was a damaged part in the lawsuit, so um, 
you know, they came back and pre-cleared it the next year um, in order to moot our case because mm-hmm. the Department of Justice did not want this case to be heard. And so Shelby was heard. So you can obviously, you can need, you can see why Eric Holder is so furious. I mean, they, they lost. And, uh, he does not, he, he didn't want, he didn't want our case heard. And he thought that Shelby was going to be a pushover and it wasn't. They took Shelby and it was a 5-4 decision. So I'm, I'm really happy that, yeah, I'm happy that it worked out the way it did. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's absolutely no racism involved in this. It's, it's what's good mm-hmm. for the people and what works. And, um, you know, that's just, um, just my feelings on the matter. So, you, who, who uh, was advocating, John, John, who was advocating for, uh, or, or against you guys while all this is going on? Were, were there any people that were out there like, Trying yeah. to spread information to the community, and and you yeah, know, there, what was some of the things that they were saying? There was um, there was actually you see they had there was um, they had the Southern Coalition for Southern Justice were they were um, against our case, um, NAACP, um, of course, Cato Institute, um. Solicitor General, United States Department of Justice, of course. Um, there were there were several several interveners that you know tried to step in, and, and actually um, a city council member here and some other ones that had stepped in early on, uh, and a, a county commissioner here had, had stepped in and tried to um, had joined an intervention to try to you know go against the case. But um mm-hmm. there's really there's really no reason and um you know we we now we'll say we lost the first round, um, came back and won the appeals. Um and this is you know, this is a three year process. This is this is a timely thing. It takes a long time to get to get something to the Supreme Court. Um we had yeah. the Center for Individual Rights in in um Washington D C it was uh, Terry Pell. He's the uh, director there, and um, he's an attorney. And then we had um, Michael Carvin with Jones Day, uh, a pretty big law firm, one of the biggest in the world. And Hashi Mupan was uh, mm-hmm. the um, arguing uh, attorney. I watched him at the Court of Appeals in D.C., um, Wow. So everything took right took place right there in in, in Washington <laughs> D.C. and it was uh I, I mean I'm 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 thrilled to have been a part of it and I'm really really proud that um of our team for sticking it out and I've never been a part of something like this um and that's probably why I'm not an attorney is <laughs> <I mean, it's>, uh <laughs> something else I mean it was something else to watch Some, I mean. Guys are good at what they do. So, well, I mean, it's it, you guys were victorious in a nutshell. You know, even though they they only hurt Shelby and, and they won forty five, and that I know that was close, man. You had to be on pins and needles when all this was going on. Well, like I said, it take it's, everything's kind of slow. Um, it's kind of slow moving. Mm-hmm. So, if I didn't hear anything, I'd go on the website and look to make sure I wasn't missing something. I'd call Terry Pell. He'd call me. 
Uh, we texted, mm-hmm. got emails, you know, actually um, had lunch with Terry um, a couple weeks ago. You know, after we had the, um, after we went to the uh, convention in Charlotte, um, one of the gentlemen that came with us actually won a ticket to the Faith and Freedom Coalition. And it was a, a mm-hmm. trip for two. And he was sitting right beside us, and he couldn't go, so he handed it to Michelle. He said, you got to go. So it was kind of a scramble because I was trying to figure out how I could take three days off work the next week. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, we did it, though. We went up there. It was a, it was a great time. Um, but I had, I had lunch with Terry Pell up there with the Center for Individual Rights. And you can go to his website. Actually, it's www-cir. Excuse me, www.cir-usa.org. And what they do, they take on a lot of uh, a lot of cases where there's any kind of uh, constitutional rights being infringed upon, you know, or where they they think there might be, and um, they take on good cases, and that's why they thought this was a good case because um, there were there were so many so many things that, that popped up and so many reasons why. I mean, um, the absurdity of, of the Department of Justice not, you know, not granting Kinston preclearance was just that in itself. And then what I did is I ran for city council on an on a, on a, uh, unaffiliated ticket and, and, and still lost. Um, again kind of proves a point because I lost due to a straight ticket um against candidates that, you know, probably were not as qualified. Uh, at least I thought they weren't. So um it was it was tough and I had to you know, I had to, I worked hard at knocked on over on over uh not on over thirty five hundred doors myself. And uh I worked hard for about a year and a half on that campaign. So I got a lot of I got a lot of good experience and um I'll do it again. But not but not <laughs> this time. <laughs> this time I've got too many too many irons in the fire with business and I got um a lot of volunteer things that I'm doing in the community that I just feel like I need to stay with right now. So uh maybe maybe you got another time. You kind of answered answered my follow up too because I I was going to ask you or, or beg you well well ask you beg you same thing <laughs> would you have any uh, political aspirations over there in Kinston man because frankly I I've had friends that grew up in Kinston and my grandfather's church was there in Aiden so I spent a lot of time over there as a kid back and forth or or at least through there and uh, Kinston needs someone responsible man and, and this is not a knock to you know the officials over there now. You know the people who are, who are quote unquote running Kinston now, but man, they need some response, some some new responsible blood. I'll say it like that. And yeah. uh, you know, I, I think I think Kinston could be a city on the rise. You know, in the right hands, John. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's that's the whole. That was the whole point too. Was I mean, for so long it's been the straight ticket, the straight ticket, the straight ticket. You know, and uh, yep. And, and if you if you you know now we have nonpartisan elections, so mm-hmm. it's going to be harder to 
you can't vote a straight ticket. You're still going to have people standing at the polls handing you a little slip of paper <laughs> saying these are the people to vote for, you know. But my whole thing was let's let's select people voted. Let's select people that that are on their merit. Let's select people on their on their qualifications and people that can actually help our situation. This is not a popularity contest. It's not about skin right. color. It's about what you can do. Okay, and 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 also elect people that you know support um, support and respect the the principles and 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 edicts of our of our constitution. I mean, uh, you know, it's real simple. Those are the rules. That's, this is the country we live in. We don't we don't we don't make the rules up. You know, um, That's right. we have a lot of people that are challenging the rules every day, but. Our Constitution is was written. It was a, it was probably the most amazing document, other than the Bible, that I can think of. You know, um, man, I was just telling my kids that in the, in the car yesterday. I was just telling, explaining mm-hmm. that to my boys that, you know, I, I I always felt like, and and I still feel like, you know, our forefathers who wrote the Constitution were led by God to do that. Were compelled by God to to write that living document. And, you know, a, a huge part about the Constitution that a lot of people don't talk about, John, because, like, when I when I read books, I, I, and I'll be real brief here, but when I read books, I like to read them as if I'm walking through it or if I'm not walking through it, I'm actually, like, standing behind the tree looking at what's really going on in, in what I'm reading. And it kind of give me, it gives me a first-person feel. But, you know, a lot of people don't talk about the protection of the Constitution and and how many people gave their lives to keep that document true, to keep that document hidden and protected. You know, it, it's that's a huge story, man, that a lot of people don't realize. I mean, there were people that had money and power that did not want this Constitution to exist. A lot of people gave their lives for this Constitution to exist even today. So, Absolutely. you know, that's a huge part of the. They yeah. gave it, they gave it, that's you huge. know, they gave it uh, back in, uh, you know, 1776 and prior and then up till now they right. we, we've given our, our all our you know your 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 ancestors my ancestors have given their blood to protect the freedom that we have right now and yeah. it, it can be taken so quickly um but we have mm-hmm. we have to have people that you know have the have the um uh the wherewithal and the uh just the the ability to, to, to stand up to anything and say, you know what, that's not right. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna allow that to happen in my backyard. And right. and that's that's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm about. I mean, I'm um, <clears throat> at least I, at least I try to be. You know, it's sometimes yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 100 every day. You know, um, no one is. Yeah, but uh, we, I, I, I just pray that that. That we can we can keep our freedom, and that we can always have um, people like you that uh, aren't afraid to tell the truth, that get up and um, you know broadcast to three and a half million people. Isn't that what it is, Budgie? About three and a half million. We're somewhere around twelve, twelve and some change now. Twelve million. Around twelve million. Oh, yeah, man. around twelve million overall. Uh, you know, well, you reach- we do, but every week. Every week, though, John, we do probably like sixty between, like anywhere between twenty and sixty thousand that listen live. 
and uh, that's throughout the world on on every avenue stream that we have, on every broadcasting stream that we have. And uh, so we're somewhere around 12 million total listeners, and that's you know 12 million people that has listened to the show uh, at, at, in its entirety at least one time. So you know it, it's all right, I'm working on it. Yeah, that's great. I mean you you reach you reach an audience that uh I'm sure you have new people tuning in all the time, and you reach an audience that just hasn't heard some of the stuff you're telling and um you know you you may be reaching you, you may be the niche in that market that um they need to hear this they're not going to hear it on 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 just standard radio or or when they turn the television on you know you're doing you're doing a good thing so my hat's off to you buddy yeah i appreciate that i i appreciate that that's why i like to have real life people on like yourself people that are out here in the field fighting and people ask me all the time, why don't you have such and such on? Why don't you do this? And the truth the truth of the matter is I don't even reach out to um, shiny people as much. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't really reach out to them unless I, I run across them. And, because, you know, they get so much limelight and TV time and, you know, they talk. And, and when you're on the air, I found out they talk about the same stuff that they just talked about on the same TV show they just got off of or it's all talking points and, you know, man, we get enough of that. You know, I want to hear what people are going through in their real lives, you know, what they really think and, and you know, what they, what their real plans are and talk about that, you know, whether it's boring or not. Th- those are the things that really matter because it's us out here that feel the same way or that feel different. And, and you know, it's enlightening to hear what your neighbor's thinking about this situation. You know, it, it yeah. might make you not like them or it might make you appreciate them even more, but, these are the things we need to talk about in, in this age of technology and texting and entertainment. We need more of this kind of conversation, man, and, and we because we don't have it, you know. Yeah, you're right. Well, look, guys, you're it's time correct. to close the show, my brother. It is, it's time for us to close the show. I, I definitely want to give a shout out to your wife and a shout out for you for coming on. I try to read every every article that you write and every article that Kinston posts or, or that I can get my hands on. So. You definitely keep writing, man, because you got a crazy gift for that. I mean, that, an amazing gift for writing, so I definitely give you that. And uh, if I could be of any assistance to you guys, you know where I am, man. And I, thanks for coming up. I should have I should have another one coming up um, this week, and I'll send it to you, and it should be on this uh, same topic we just discussed from my perspective. So right, thank so you for having me on. You got it, brother. Let me get that piece. John, you got to give a shout-out before you go. All right. Shout out to all my friends and all my uh, everybody. Uh, let's see, <laughs> you caught me talking by surprise here. Shout out to my mom and dad. Shout out to my sisters, uh, my kids, uh, everybody that loves freedom. How about that? Everybody, that, all the freedom lovers Love out there. All right. <laughs> I like that, man. And that's a shout out right there. It is a wrap. Thanks to John for coming on, and also thanks to Michelle, John and Michelle Nix, always holding it down, delegates out there in Kinston, NC, holding it down for the KRP Radio Show. Next week, folks, same time, same place. Well, actually, we'll be on vacation next week, but you will get an on-fire rerun, so make sure you check out the show, krpradioshow.com. Tell a friend we are out of here. One love. I'll catch you guys in two weeks. Two weeks, we'll catch you guys back on the air. Thanks for listening to the KRP Radio Show. Remember, you guys are B- I-G in my book, and I appreciate you for listening to the show. You guys make us number one. K-I-R-P Radio! I got to talk. I got to tell what I got to tell.
gotta talk about my life as I see it. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still, reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. 